Welcome to another edition of the Grizzden Pod. We got a special one for you today. We actually went live on Instagram uh, at halftime of the Mavericks game last night. And so the first part of this podcast, you'll hear us um, from that live recording. And then the second half is us getting some more in-depth and also wrapping up the Mavericks game. We recorded that after it was over. So I hope you enjoy the podcast and uh, enjoy the rest of the regular season this week. Yo, we're live in landscape mode. What's up? You can uh, turn your phone sideways to see us, I guess. Uh, welcome to the Grizzden Instagram Live podcast. Um, yeah, so we're here at halftime of the Grizzlies-Mavs game. Um, we just witnessed a Dylan Brooks buzzer beater, which... If you've listened to this podcast for more than um, a couple episodes, you probably realize how ironic that is. Um, but no, the Grizzlies, this is a game in which uh, Jaron Jackson and Jonas Valanciunas, uh, two of your best, I would say, three or four players are out. And uh, the Grizzlies are bringing it, even after a back-to-back uh, as of uh, a win last night against New Orleans. So let's start by just getting general reactions from you guys for what we just witnessed in the first half and how that can uh, propel the team in the second half. So what what do we see? Who, whoever wants to start. Ty, are you nervous? We've never been live. We've before. never been live. This is We fun. actually have three people, four people watching us right now. So What's it, up? Shout out, Jay Throw Mitchell. in a question, a Grizzlies question, any or NBA. It doesn't matter. Throw in a question if you have one, uh, but we're just going to talk about the game. And uh, and answer any that come through. So, so I think two things stood out to me initially. Uh, we hit shots, um, and that's the big thing. I think we were nine. I don't have stats pulled up in front of me, but I believe we were nine for eighteen from three in that half. Um, and it seemed like we had stretches where we played hard, and we talked about this before we went on the pod. Is for the last week. Brantley, especially you were saying, we just had like even though we've won three of our last four, we haven't looked good in any of them. Um, and I think two things are causing that. I don't think we're playing that hard, and people have mentioned the fatigue factor, which could definitely be the case. We've, as we you know mentioned before the second half of the season started, that we play us and the Spurs play more games within this stretch than any other teams in the league. So we have played more games since the All-Star break than any other team in the league except the Spurs. So it makes sense that we'd kind of have a little bit of fatigue factor. Um, Maybe that's why we're resting, guys. Maybe that's why we're being cautious, even though Ja hasn't rested any, which is interesting. We may get to that. I don't know. Anyway, the other thing is we're, yeah, playing hard and making shots are two things that have not necessarily been the case in the last few weeks. And even during stretches, I know like in the Toronto game, we just looked like we were barely there, going through the motions most of the game. And then we played hard for like a three-minute stretch, made like a little 10-2 run. And then in the fourth quarter, we melted and finally just hit shots. And then we looked like a completely different team. And then 
last night too, um, we went in a little spurt where we like played really hard and we outscored again. We'd go on like a twelve-two run, and then we'd go in a, in a lull, and then they would catch up to us, and the same thing kept happening. So a lot of times, I think, especially Grizz fans and just other people watching the team, they want to blame a lot of things, like our struggles, on like a lot of different things. And I think sometimes it's simply just like playing hard and making shots. And the first win the Grizzlies have never struggled with. We've always been this young, scrappy Grizz. Like even national people have said like the grit and grind. Like Rosillo said this on their pod, he and the Simmons pod, like the grit and grind mantra has like stuck. Like we have a culture even though it's like all new guys. In the last few weeks, I just hadn't really felt relevant. It's just we haven't been playing that hard. And then when you don't make shots and not play hard as a young, inexperienced team that, I mean, you're going to struggle. And I think that's the majority of it. Yeah, so one of the questions, first first question that came in actually was where's the ranch water? And uh, <laughs> That gr- is a staple. It's a staple. Uh, but tonight GDP. we decided to, like, uh, go with the Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and then Will is drinking um, – uh, Voodoo Ranger, a different, a different type. No of free ads, beverage. though. No free ads. Yeah, that's why I have yeah. the koozie. That's we right. would love a sponsor from you, New Belgium. Please, actually, if you want to. But then the other thing was just kind of sort of a, a breakdown of what's happening in the current game. So, uh, Will, you're better at breakdowns, but I'll just sort of tell you what I will just say. A couple observations, at least from an offensive perspective. You know, um, Kyle Anderson looked to be a little bit more in rhythm. Uh, you know, you probably have been able to you you saw that JV and and tri- Triple J were out today um, for various reasons, back to back, or just I don't know why JV is out. Honestly, did he get back hurt against back soreness against the Pelicans? Okay, he's a great. big man. Thanks for this. He's a big dude. Sure Even hurts. though Kyle Kyle the box score is not going to show it, he's one that I would say, <clears throat> Todd. I don't know if you were saying this because I was sort of trying to pay attention to comments um, on the IG live feed, so I may have missed it. But Kyle has really looked, I would say, exceptionally off over the past stretch of games, in my opinion. Um, he might have had a good game here or there, and I just am not recalling it. But he's just looked bad. No, you're right. Tonight, his box score doesn't look like it. At halftime, he's got five points, two rebounds, two assists. But he's having an impact, and I think looks to be a little bit more in rhythm. Um, and sort of what we were, I think, seeing in the first half of the season. So that's maybe one thing that you couldn't necessarily just see from the box score. Um, Ja had a couple threes early in the game. He's our leading scorer at the half, and then everything else is sort of spread out across. I think the other interesting thing before maybe if if Will wants to give us a little bit more of a specific breakdown is that the the glaring – component of this of of the pelicans game and tonight that maybe we'll get into later in much more detail is just justice continuing to get a dnp i think there was a lineup where you had tilly conchar tyus melton and bc melton and bc on the floor no justice and i think that that's a very interesting there's that sets us up for some very interesting conversations later tonight but first let's for those that can't actually watch the game currently will play by play wise what it, what, what were you sort of saying on yeah. sort of the breakdown well it's interesting to note the the shorthandedness of the grizzlies like you like we mentioned at the top but then also on the dallas side chris Stapp's porzingis who's considered dallas's uh second best player uh is also out and they are 
Um, they're in the five seed right now in the West. They don't have as much of a danger. There was a game the last time the Grizzlies played the Mavericks. Um, people will definitely remember the Luka Doncic insane buzzer beater. Um, you'll see that in the top ten plays of the year, I'm guessing. It was just crazy the way that we lost that game. And at the time, we were in the seventh spot, if I'm not mistaken, and had a chance to um, at least tie Dallas, if not overtake them. And so there was a lot more at stake. And now it's almost completely that these two teams have gone in opposite directions. Dallas has started to win a bunch. Um, they've been on a roll, even without Porzingis, which I'm sure Mavs fans have opinions about. But then uh, the Grizzlies have kind of gone the other way. Um, but at the same time, they've won three of their last four, which if you have watched this team play, is very surprising. Uh, because it's not like we've been playing the best teams in the NBA, and we've been struggling to pull out wins. And even in the case of the Detroit game, have just absolutely um, just thrown away some that we shouldn't have. And so, but as as far as this game goes, Luca's playing well. Hardaway is is hitting shots on their end, but at the same time, we're just it seems as though we're playing within ourselves, um, sharing the ball. Uh, there's not really anyone playing poorly so far in this game. Um, Ja looks more engaged than he did last night um, thus far. Uh, I love Tillman getting some playing time. He's in because JV's out. He just, he and BC both just do a bunch of little things. And and Kyle too. Kyle is kind of my favorite uh, non, you know, mainstream Grizzly, if you will, to watch because he just, I feel like he brings a certain presence and calm uh, to the game, and, and you can just trust that the good things are going to happen. So all around a good half from the Grizzlies, but they're with Luca. Luca took a weird spill <laughs> yeah. at the end of that half. He, If you didn't see it, he dove for a ball with like 20 seconds left in the second quarter, and he like went over the little advertising uh, rectangles that they have set up and like flipped over and landed on his tailbone or his hip. So that'll be interesting to see uh, if – if he's back, and I'm, as we mentioned, I'm sure he'll be sore uh, tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, Winslow is the obvious. Like, Winslow not being in the lineup and uh, not being a part of this rotation after being, like, the primary ball handler in this experiment that went on the last seven, eight games is, is actually crazy. Um, but okay, so let's talk about what this game means as far as the seeding goes. So the Grizzlies have clinched here. Let me let me restart to make sure we're not make sure we haven't lost you guys. We can't see it on our screen. There we go. We're back. Um, so the Grizzlies are now in. They've clinched a playoff spot. They have games against Sacramento. Two of them coming up, and then finally a game against Golden State to close it out at the end of this week. Um, so there's a lot of drama. Guys, okay, so let's say that um, let's say that we get, we lose, let's say we lose tonight, but then we get two wins against Sacramento, and we go into the Golden State game later on, and we're playing for the eighth seed. Like, how important in your mind is that game in regards to the season? Or are you going in with the mindset of, um, as long as we make the play in, whatever happens, happens? Like, how important is that in your mind? How disappointed would you be if we were to lose that game? And and what's 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 the opinion of the Grizzden pod right now about 
the state of the play-in. Because next time we talk, it'll be the play-in game. Um, so we can get opinions now. I think to make the playoffs, we're going to have to win a game that we're not favored in. I'll say that. Even if we are, even if we get the nine, I think it's going to come down. We talked about, about this earlier, too. I think it's going to come down to the last game of the season where we play Golden State at Golden State. I think whoever wins that game, because that will also be the tiebreaker for the season because we've beat them once and they've beat us once. Whoever wins that game most likely will be the eight seed, right? If we're the eight seed, we play the Lakers um, in the eight seven. Not looking great, right? So let's say the Lakers beat us. I would bet Golden State would beat the Spurs. So then we would have to beat Golden State, right? At least that game would be at home, um, which would help, I'm sure. But I think the key is going – look for me, like looking into the play-in, like we're not going to be favored in basically any game we play outside of maybe against the Spurs. Right. I think the whole favorite part is a, is a good point, Ty. I just in general think that is the whole rotation issues and things that we were sort of experimenting with down the stretch. I don't want to like dramatize it, which has sort of been the takes that most of Grizz journalists have taken. It's been very dramatic. It's been very on dramatic the and and passionately emotional about how terrible it's been, like testing the lineup. Um, you know, testing different players in the lineups. So I like I've sort of sort of take a middle ground. Like I understand like why they were doing it. And at the same time, I really do think it could have been important for us to sort of stay in that seven to eight slot with to to maybe give us theoretically a little bit better chance of getting holding holding seed and facing either the Jazz or the Suns in um in a full series. I just I really do think that for our young core to get experience in a true series and where there's very little expectations, like maybe just win a game. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like beat the Suns or jazz once that would be great. It right now, it just honestly, just, this is just my, maybe I'm being too pessimistic. I just sort of feel like we're on the outside looking in. It feels really doubtful that we'll actually make a series to your point. That we have to beat somebody, you know, if we play the Warriors, Steph's gonna get all the calls. They, they're gonna. I mean, this is not conspiracy. Brantley coming out, but they're gonna. I mean, they want Seth. I mean, they want Steph in an opening series. I mean, he's potentially the scoring champion this year in the NBA. Like, he's playing at an MVP type level. I mean, we'd be stupid to say that that's not gonna be a thing. That's just a massive, massive uphill battle. We're not gonna beat the Lakers. And it's just Steph. And like, it's just Steph. Like, he could he's drop scary. sixty in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like he's a. I think we've said he's he and Dame to me are one of the two of the scariest players you could ever want to play in a one game scenario. Because one game and he could just have like he had twenty four points in the first quarter, like two nights ago. Like he could be truly a one man wrecking crew. Yeah. Um, but I want yeah one point to the Brantley what you were saying about the media. I just would love to be able to like almost go back in time and ask some of those same people like preseason. Hey, what if we're like the eight seed, nine seed? Like, how would y'all feel about that? And they would be like, "Oh man, that just anything would be odd." Like, I don't care if we win it; that would just still be great to be in that position. And I get that, like, season as you go along, like expectations do change because 
you know, you've gotten sample sizes and stuff like that. But like the, the goal of this team, the goal of this front office has always been the same and we've never wavered for that. And I think that in and of itself is encouraging that like, we were in a position at the trade deadline where we, I mean, you saw what the Bulls did. No telling what kind of swing we could have made, right, to try to, like, capitalize this year on this momentum that we had. And we did it, and that's great. But I think it's it can be really frustrating to hear people who write about the Grizzlies full-time basically theorize and try to come up with conspiracies that there's no, like, it does not hold any water. It, it can be really frustrating to basically be like, we're trying to lose, essentially, or we're... We don't care about winning, and I just that that obviously is not the case. Yeah, there's this is a good tease for the rest of the podcast. So if you're with us and you've you've been with us at any point uh, during this live, the game is back on. So we're gonna jump off here in just a minute, but we're gonna get uh, deep into this whole mindset right now. What the Grizzlies are dealing with, both with Taylor Jenkins is getting a lot of um, flack for the way he's been dealing with his press conferences. And his his optimism that doesn't seem to be necessarily warranted. Uh, we're also going to get into what should we expect from this team, and also um, how we feel going into the play-in. So join us on the podcast. Do we have any anything else in the, yeah, in the one chat? last question? One last from question a, from a rookie Garris fan here. What's up with Dylan Brooks recently? Is he going to have to keep this up to finally get the credit as a Grizzden favorite? Okay, so. I'll take this one. Uh, Please. <laughs> so Dylan has become the um, the heartbeat sort of figure, if you will, for the Grizzlies team. He's He brings a level of energy that um, is definitely palpable when it comes to, uh, I guess, bringing intensity to a game, but... At the same time, there is a level at which the costs can sometimes outweigh the benefits, which is kind of what we've been preaching on the podcast. However, um, in the most recent stretch of games, I do feel like, besides the losses, you know, he has been more of a positive than he has a negative. Um, the worry, though, with him is always what is that positive now going to lead to in the future? And is that going to lead to an outside outsized view of what he is? And therefore he like, he's playing, there's a role in which Dylan can play that he has the skill set to play that fits perfectly with pretty much any team. Um, however, he just tends to go outside of that so much. And so we can, we're not, we're not going to sit here and be like blind to the good things that he's been doing recently because he has brought some positives. Um, uh, we are just cautious in our in our praise uh, because of the track record of the three years that came before this to lead up to this moment. So not saying players can't get better, not saying they can't change, and not saying that like Dylan doesn't have value. Like I think our whole thing is we kind of want him to have some level of value so that he becomes an asset that is desirable around the league were we to find a deal that potentially could send him elsewhere. And I'm not saying, and we also want an energy guy, so that's important to have too. But yeah, I mean, we'll give credit where credit is due. Um, but I don't think that you, I think that it's just always a mixed bag with him. And, and it's kind of, we hate the, we hate that people assume 
that he is the the player of the future when really we're not sure yet. And it's good that we're seeing positive things, but yeah, that's how I would answer that question. Do y'all have anything else to add there? Uh, I got a little a little something. So great Dylan in a nutshell last night. Our bench unit was in. Tyus was playing the point. We had an all-bench unit, and we wanted a, a great run. And we caught a timeout, or they caught a timeout to, to end the run, and we immediately subbed in, I think, Ja and Dylan maybe. After that run that we went on, um, first possession out of the timeout, Dylan basically just took – no one else touched the ball, essentially. Maybe Ja, ja dribbled it up, passed it to him, Dylan dribbled for six, seven seconds and took some weird pull-up jumper that just, what what are we doing when we had just been playing really good basketball? Um, he did that literally the next possession, too. So there were two possessions where we were, like, on a run with momentum, and he just takes, like, two 18-foot pull-up jumpers with, like, with zero flow to the offense and just, like, crushed everything we had going. And that happens all the time. Um it's just really tough because, yeah, I know someone said earlier that he's shooting like a pretty high percentage on like catch and shoot threes, and he's taking three a game, which sounds like a lot. But Dylan also shoots like 16 times a game. So where are the other 13 shots coming from? And I wonder how many of those are like, all- oh, I love that. Jaw just, I mean, picked and Lucas pocket. And got fouled. Oh, uh, didn't get the end one. But, yeah, to your yeah, so Dylan has shown flashes, but also there's just – 70% of him that's just, like, not smart and makes mistakes and is very frustrating. I'll just say it this way. I don't know if, if Rookie Grizz comment, if that's, like, tongue-in-cheek or if you're really Rookie Grizz. If you're Rookie Grizz, welcome. We're, we're, glad that, we're glad that you're here. Keep watching, and then, you'll, and then maybe you'll catch on um, because Dylan's performance is going to catch up to him. He, he – he does not perform decently. We are skeptics. I think is how we would describe ourselves. I mean, we've also just. Dis- I mean, we have made decisions. It's like what's my but- bu- my buddy To once said: the proof is in the pudding, man. We got a <laughs> lot of pudding here, and there's not much proof in the middle of it. We've got a lot of games, and Dylan's th- he like over multiple seasons. He's pr- he's like had like I don't know how many how many months would you say that he's proven that he's worth. His contract uh, he had, out of the whatever like he let's had a just month say and there's a been half. 36 months he's played. He had a month and a half before the contract was signed where he looked like he had earned it, and he's looked like it in the last month. Is that so? There's two, two out of half, 36. We'll round up to three. Is that is 36 the right denominator there? Uh, probably so. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's not. Those aren't good percentages. No. Um, I think the the thing with Dylan. It's like a lot of things these days where I think there's extremes on both sides and both extremes kind of see what they want to see. Um, and then it's kind of like we're trying to be in the middle with our takes and be objective, but uh, he's a frustrating guy. Um, but, no, he, he did. He's been playing well. Hopefully he can bring us help bring us home in this game. Uh, we're currently up eight against the Mavericks about halfway through the third quarter. So this would be a great win. Uh, going into the last three games. But thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, tune into the podcast. It'll be out tomorrow morning um, where we'll, uh, we'll include this Instagram Live at the beginning, and then we'll, we'll go into some more um, finer details after the game. So thanks for joining us, guys. And thanks for the questions. Yeah. 
All right. Thanks to those who joined the Instagram live at halftime of the Mavs game. Um, we have started recording before the game has ended because right now the Grizzlies are up by 23. Uh, and they're about halfway through the fourth quarter. Um, if if we jinx this somehow, then we will never do it again. Uh, ever. But... Uh, all right, guys. With the with the game pretty much in hand, how how do we feel um, going forward about some of the performances that we've seen here? Do we feel like this is a momentum shifter in any way? Do y'all feel like the team has played with a level of confidence and joy that they haven't had or was this just kind of a business as usual they should have gotten a win against the Mavericks team without KP I mean I, I personally I'll start like I did not pencil this in as a win by any means if anything I was nervous that sitting Jaron and JV was just another like scheduled loss honestly mm. uh and that it was another, we'll get into sort of this tension right now that we're feeling with the front office coaching staff and the the connection they have with the fans and the media right now. But um, anyway, John Conchar, which we should have started the podcast with, is just unreal. <laughs> of course you would want to start the podcast <laughs> with Conchar. He has actually been the most valuable Grizzly in the last two games. Hot take. Holy shit. <laughs> Not really. Uh, but if you look at the plus minus, he has. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. What do y'all feel about this game? I I just think that it was just a a we, it was funny to see. Ironically enough, this team play without Jaron and without Justice, because that's where we've seen this team have the most success. And it seems as though integrating Jaron has been the cause of a bunch of trouble, which we can argue whether or not that should have been as much trouble. But to me, I just see like a team and a chemistry here that just flowed well. Um, what do y'all think? Okay, do you really think that you can say that Jaron's integration has been tough because he was also being integrated with Justice? No, I don't blame Jaron. I don't at okay. all. I don't blame the... I I do believe that we probably should have started him, but I think Agreed. that justice compounds the issue when That's you right. have a guy, two guys that you're trying to integrate in a bench lineup that really was something that you could lean on. And a significant prior. lineup that's already like... We were already having... Like, who do we play issues before Jaron came back? Totally. And before Justin was integrated. And we're like, the past three games, Grayson hasn't even been available. Exactly. And I think, though, that you just see... I mean, the 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 reality is, is that these guys have played a ton of minutes together. Like, they just have this comfort level. And also, it helps that you're hitting shots. Like, I'm not going to ignore that aspect. But, like... It's the one right there. Yeah. This you game and this game with the making shots piece and this this game has felt different than the others. Like regardless, maybe it's the hitting shots, but it uh, maybe it's energy. Some of it is even just like flow to me. Like there's just certain guys that have just looked a little bit more in their element. Like they've 
Maybe it's, I don't know if it's a business mindset. I don't know what it is as Bane just keeps throwing, throwing darts too and making shots. I just like guys, like we talked about it earlier, uh, pre second half, Kyle Anderson had five points before the half and he has 10 points in the second half, really only playing half of the third quarter. Basically he hadn't really played much at all since then. Um, and guys like that are the ones that we need to stay in rhythm. And honestly, like Kyle is one of the ones we talked about, like maybe losing minutes to Jaron potentially if he started. Like does 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 Jaron get Kyle's spot or not? Like those are some of the tough decisions that we were gonna have to sort of face. So I don't know. I like I just it is good to see the team flowing the way that it is, and yet. I don't want to see Jaron sit any more than he has to. Totally agree. I will say it has been so frustrating to watch this team in the past four or five games, and it's so nice to see them just come out and put together a complete game where you're not just having to stress out the entire time against an opponent that could be considered inferior. In this case, it's of course, it's the opponent that is actually better than us that we come out and play against. Uh, Ty, you were just agreeing on the point of the shots being made. Anything to add uh, in that area? I think that just ha- I think you can't underestimate how important it is to make shots, to make open shots. Sounds obvious, but it's... it's so the it month of April... We had a really good month, right? We also shot, I believe, above 40% for a team in the month of April. And we won games. Like, there's direct correlation there. Like, when this team hits open shots and hits threes, like, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to do well. And the last few, we've shot like 30% from three time and time and time again. And it's just really tough when you can't make a shot. Um, Especially, and it's hard to win when you can't when you can't make a shot. And tonight in the Dallas game, we're fifty five percent from the field, forty eight percent from three. Yeah, that's which is crazy. When we have those numbers, like I don't really see us losing, right? Well, forty eight percent from three. Yeah, that's crazy. On yeah. how many attempts do you have that? Right, thirty two maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but Conchar just hit another three. Like that I'm is an outlier. Forty eight percent, fifty percent from three is pretty crazy. But we're also up. 26 yes so that's like a i mean can i just say now conchar is everything that guterich was supposed to be guterich rp not as a person 32 three-point attempts so now we're 32 we're 16 to 32 from three oh my gosh i just think i think energy and and make which we talked about on the instagram live which hopefully y'all were y'all were there all seven of you um but energy and making shots. Not how many people listen to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> For the Grizzlies, that's just really important. Big, big energy. You have to play harder than your opponent. We're not talented enough to not do that and expect to win and make shots. Okay. So with this win, we're going to move to 36 and 33, which is tied with the Warriors. The Warriors, you're when you listen to this podcast, they will have played against Phoenix. Uh we can only hope that Phoenix is still maybe trying to take one last effort at that one seed and comes out to play. And if if the Warriors can can take an L, we are officially in the eighth spot. Now, the Warriors have, after tonight, just two more games. We have three. Um, we play the Kings twice, 
and we also play the Warriors in the last game, which it's increasingly looking like it's going to come down to that game for the eighth seed. Um, we mentioned this on the live, but what, um, how important in your, is your, in your mind is the eighth seed and getting that? Like, just for the season, to be considered a successful season, like, what needs to happen? Oh, I think it's already a successful season. We could lose out, and it would be a successful season in my mind. Ooh. I mean, making the play-in, like, before the season, if you would have asked me if we would have made the play-in, I'd be like, oh, heck yeah, sign me up. That's that's a good season, considering we were expected to finish, like, 12th in the West or something like that. So, if we, let's say we make the play-in – and we just lose in the t- nine ten game. Like t- to you, it doesn't matter. Well, like expectations now, like yeah, like we've talked about, they've changed. Like yeah, of course, I especially losing to the Spurs, that would be like a big disappointment. But like having a chance to win a game to go to the playoffs, even if we don't actually make the playoffs, to me, that's a huge success. Yeah, I mean, I understand like using the. I mean, I. Th- I would uh, I'd love to revisionist history, go back and look at, listen to what we talked about to, at the beginning. But like looking at the standings now, I would say that there were really maybe like only one team really that we would have thought would have been ahead of us, and that's the Pelicans. We 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 knew Houston was going to have issues coming into the season. Right. OKC, Minnesota, we were kind of maybe like maybe there'll be something, but and then Sacramento. So that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think we're meeting expectations by just making the plan. To me, like the, our trajectory really sort of quickly to start the season was was more than meeting expectations. And I think just the way we've sort of this is getting into like the whole front office coaching line decision, so we have to get into it. Yes, it's because it's impacted the close of the season, and like I don't want to dramatize this stuff because I think that you know we are. I do believe in sort of the accumulation of roster data that was necessary based on the asset that we had in Justice, and it wasn't perfect because of like Jaron wasn't healthy the full season. And Justice is closing the game, by the way, which is fascinating because uh, we're up 25 points. But Wait, Justice is out there? Yeah. Just he wasn't? Oh, so sorry, sorry. I thought you game. said he wasn't. He's actually closing the game against yes, Dallas instead of playing in and so, <clears throat> Which is really weird to me. Yes. Um. So I lost my train of thought because I was really surprised to see number seven on the court. So <laughs> I'm saying all of that because – It was. It's a huge like. It's part of the story of the season, and I think we were sort of thinking we were going to slightly perform above expectations. And you can't you can't look at this season through the lens without that. I I sort of think if let's just say we never try to integrate Justice back into the into the lineup, we would have put Jaron back in there regardless when he got healthy. I, I, my hypothesis is that we wouldn't have had as much of a fall as we did. We wouldn't have had as much chemistry playing time issues as we did, even though we were still playing. Like there were some nights we were just tired. There were some nights where it was just like, dude, this is a chemistry issue. Tonight was a, a clear, not chemistry issue to me. So it's like, 
Right. And I don't mean chemistry and like there's bad locker room vibes. I just mean like the players on the court just don't look like they fit together and they know what to do with one another. Just like sort of simple eye test type things. Here's here's my thing. I think it it's all about expectations. And I think that's where the frustration lies. That's where people um that's where arguments form. That's where conflict happens is when there's expectations that are different. And so it's like to me though, it in my opinion, the there there is a priority that is very obvious on the front office and they are saying we are going to benefit more long term by taking a good and hard look at each of these players in these specific situations um, and we are going to learn what we need to learn in order to then optimize this this team ultimately where I kind of disconnect from that is if you are in a situation record wise in a year that is very unique I mean who would have thought the Lakers would have been the seventh seed granted they have injuries but still um, like with everything in this shortened season, you have an opportunity only a couple weeks ago to even progress to a point where you're in the sixth seed in the playoff race. And to me, this team is at a place now where they are going to learn more by being in a playoff series than they, the front office, I believe would learn by seeing what they have um, in a lineup that features justice Winslow at the one, like, Right. To me, at some level, taking your lumps now in the playoffs has to trump whatever you're going to be able to like. Because again, with with the Winslow thing, and that's where people really have this conflict. Is you're technically, if you really wanted it, you could have another year of him, and that's it, just at a very controlled cost, and have a training camp. And if you don't like it, you have a trade line trade deadline in February with it he's a great expiring contract for somebody so like that's the thing for me where I am a little bit frustrated by I get that you have to integrate Jaron as fast as possible because he's going to raise your ceiling but this whole justice lineup change like I liked it as an idea but I didn't like the way that it affected like I didn't like how we stuck with it to a point where it seemed like it was really affecting wins and losses. And I think that I think that the 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 attitude of being um just excited about the growth opportunities in these terrible losses against Detroit and LA without their best players has just been really frustrating to watch and I just wish that we would, would at least be intentional. But Justice didn't play those games. No, no, no. I'm and I I get that. I'm I'm more now talking about like the attitude after those games of like the Jenkins press conferences which can I get I don't know. Sure, it's like I get that optimistic, point. and it's uh, the emotion of of it is just. I get the long term business plays here. I think it's more so frustrated with the team performance, and that we just didn't come out and didn't didn't have this sense of urgency. And I'm and I'm wondering if that's just because there's this attitude of this year doesn't ultimately matter because we're in a long term play. And I'm like, well, you can have both. Like, it's not like you have to choose. Like, you can have both. Yeah, I think so. Two things I wanted to bring up the justice thing because he was the the primary ball handler on the second unit for like four or five games. It right. wasn't like for a month, 
Right. It was a very short period of time. And then he started getting DMPs. So everyone's saying like, oh, the reason we're losing is because Justice is playing. That was like a little week-long trial period. By the way, two of those games, we actually beat Portland back exactly. to back. Exactly, exactly. So I think people need to have a little perspective there, right? No, that, that is a great point. It's and just frustrating that everyone's like, oh, Justice playing back at point guard, so of course we started losing. No, not necessarily right. the case, right? Right. Um, and to your point about Jenkins, it's really interesting that a lot of front offices and a lot of other teams get praised Brantley's talked about this in the past with he I think he brought up like the Belichick led um, Patriots of how like they're kind of quiet on the surface and they do their business and that's it like yeah Jenkins may be coming out in his press conference and saying like proud the guys fought hard whatever like face value stuff we don't know what he's saying to the team we don't know what the locker room vibes are a because there's no reporters in the locker room first of all so they don't know what's going on. They're getting Zoom calls. That's how they're getting their information. There's like no vibe or feel, and people are trying to basically come up with what they think is going on when they really don't necessarily know what's going on. Like what's happening in front of closed doors and behind closed doors could be two separate things. We have no idea. So I think for people to just like theorize and come up with stuff just because that's what their gut's telling them, that is not necessarily the right thing that that like that's what's going on totally and i think that's a great point to make and i am sort of like backtracking in a way from what i was saying because they're i don't i think the attribution is important of like how what's the cause and effect of things i am primarily frustrated with just the lack of uh awareness it seems of the team in situations where you just really have to take advantage of these like games against like Detroit and I know they hit a bunch of shots and whatever but it's just like these games where you have to like you, can't lose fr- you cannot right. lose you the can't games, lose games and you just yeah. there's no excuse and so I think there was as a fan you kind of want that to be um the message where it's like we don't excuse these types of losses that's the that presence that's being missed that's missing right. on this team in my and opinion. so that's where I think there's that disconnect and I I do think it's getting amplified to an extent to where I would rather our front office err on the side of keep it behind closed doors because we don't want to air our dirty laundry but I would love just like one semblance of of uh you know direction for people to react to I hear you and to y'all's point and I completely understand there's been two games though that we've lost I think it's just been really critical period and against two really bad teams but that's it that we've lost. Right. Like we went four and three on a seven game road trip out west that was supposed to be really tough. Yep. And we came out on a winning record. Like that's really hard to do for this young team. That was like two weeks ago. That was not that long ago, right? So like by the fact that we're even in this position in the first place is impressive. We come back and we lose to the Nuggets on the last game of that seven game road trip, which we looked dead, understandable. We come back and the Blazers blow us out because they hit every shot. And that's okay because they're the Blazers are supposed to beat us and we just took two from them at home. Other than that, we've essentially won most games that we're supposed to win outside of the magic buzzer beater, right? That wasn't like that was I know it shouldn't have been close, but that was a crazy shot that went in. And then the Detroit game is the one to me that's just Ugh. like really brutal. But the last three or four, like I know we even talked about this on the live the live stream, that like we haven't been playing good basketball, and we've won three of our last four. Now four of our last five. 
So that's that should say something. And I think as fans, we can kind of like again highs highs are high lows right. are lows, totally. and we've done this recently. And the fact that like we are just like. And I'm in the same boat with y'all. Like that Pistons loss, I think I texted y'all. Like I couldn't sleep that night. I was, it was and the Magic loss. It was brutal. Ugh. But that being said, like we've bounced back and won four of our last five, and we just beat a Mavericks team tonight without JV Jaron in the lineup, and I and Grayson, who's a, technically a starter, I guess. Like I think that's impressive, and I think we're showing signs of kind of bouncing back and fighting hard. Totally. I don't know. I think it's just not as like glass half empty as you would maybe not you personally but as the well, fan would think it would be i i think it, maybe i'm too gla- glass half full i don't know i think it's 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 definitely though you can feel the playoff vibes like you're just i think we're i personally i'm just itching to be back there and i'm itching for it to be a regular thing uh and just the fact that we're this close and we have the chance like i believe the 8th seed is super important because Having a game where we can host, like, let's say you lose the 7-8 seed, but you that means you're going to be the home game in that 9-10 matchup, and it's win or go home. And I just think that having a home game for this group in a, in a playoff atmosphere is going to be just a game changer. Because it's like, this is what you're going to have. Like, think about whatever the home game is going to be times 10 once everybody's back in the stands. And it's still going to be hype, I think. So... Um, I just think it'd be fantastic to have this one out. Yeah, let's do it. You could, you could win out. It's very realistic. Yeah, it is. Especially if Curry just let's just hope he goes for sixty and loses, and then goes for fifty and loses to the Pels, and so he's wrapped up the scoring title, and we're a game and a half ahead of them. So far against Phoenix, he's one for five and zero for four from three. They're down twenty seven, twenty three. Okay, come on, come on, come sons. on, CP three. <laughs> Man, okay. Uh, well, if there is nothing else on the Grizz front, I mean, we it's kind of everybody knows what's in front of us. So let's just get it done. Uh, let's get into uh, Brantley. You had some sort of a, a top shot type update is that correct i do i i'm there there's not a whole lot of <laughs> of things to say the the nft market uh of the nba top shot is in a really rough spot um i think the stat well first off um my i sort of told y'all like i basically just was like all right i'm gonna put 500 into this thing and let's see what happens. And I like made some money and like reflipped and, and put them into new coin, new, new cards. And, uh, my account value is currently valued at $195. Um, so <clears throat> I put in 500. Oh, good time. So I've lost that. That's a, All that's right. a, I've lost 300. <laughs> I thought you were just... Um, yeah, so Listen. not great. Job, man. Yeah. And you know, basically like there's just some weird things that are happening. Like last night they released some like premium packs. Um they released uh seventy five thousand packs for t- that, that that sold for hundred and fifty dollars each. They sold out in about like two hours. So you do the math, that's a lot of mil- that's some Ooh. millions in the revenue they got. And basically Twitter, the site that we like to get on and 
you know, leverage for news. Just the whole time was just about these packs are shit. There's like nothing in there. Mm. So all these people are sort of just started starting to speculate and, and be worried that like all these all these cards, these virtual cards are going to go down. Um, you know, my like John Morant card has uh, gained in value a little bit. Uh, That's good, but it's still down from what I bought it at. So. Yeah, you know, Man. we're just in a we're just in a hold on for dear life. That that's a that's sort of a cryptocurrency acronym that people like to use. So that's where I'm at. I'm holding on for dear life. All right, um, bet of the week. This will be our final one of the season since it's concluding. Um, let's go through the 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 past bets, um, and then we'll give our new ones. Um, all right, let's go. We'll start with Brantley. Uh, we had here are your four bets in your portfolio: Washington Wizards to make the playoffs plus three thirty. Feeling pretty good about that one, actually. Charlotte Southeast Division winner plus seven hundred. Not not feeling James good. James Harden, James Harden for MVP plus seven fifty. Feeling terrible. And then Steph Curry for MVP plus twelve hundred. You know, <laughs> not feeling good. <laughs> All right. Brantley, what's your final bet? Hold on, I want to hear everybody else's. Oh, okay, great. Um, Ty had uh, New Orleans for the Southwest Division winner at plus 550. He had Sixers to win the title at plus 1,200. Phoenix to win the West at plus 1,200. And Bucks to win the East at plus 350. I had Brooklyn to win the finals at plus 300. Phoenix to win the Pacific Division at plus 330. The Clippers to win the finals at plus 500, and the Lakers to win the conference at plus 175. Okay. So, I'm in a spot right now where I, I need something to hit, you know? Yeah. So, I'm not. this isn't as much realistic. I'm trying to win this bet. So, let me make the case for this. If the standings currently happen today, my bet's about the Sixers. Ooh. Okay? So, listen to this. So, Sixers are the one seed. Seems sort of probable they're going to hold that seed, okay? Their path to the finals includes beating whoever wins out the play-in seed scenario of the Pacers, uh, Wizards, Celtics, or Hornets. One of those four, okay? Most likely, we'll just I don't know, whatever. One of those four is going to play them, okay? They, I feel good about them beating you know, those teams, although I wouldn't want to face the Wizards if I'm, if I'm the Sixers, mm-hmm. okay? Them playing what I'm sort of projecting to be the Hawks over the Knicks. I think the Hawks will beat the Knicks, but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, I sort of think that the the Sixers match up well, and that's a pretty decent path to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Nets, Bucks, Heat, that's a gauntlet of teams to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I sort of feel like Philly could be rested, healthy, going into the finals and have a decent spot to make it to championship, okay? And then who knows what's going to happen in the West with, like, the Lakers being 7-8, all this kind of crap that's happening. You know, if the Suns somehow make it there, they're like a young team. I would take Sixers over Suns. The Jazz, you know, I don't really know. Anyway, this is long-winded. But the Sixers are currently plus 880, or plus 800, excuse me, to be the finals champion. So for a long shot bet here, that's my rationale. That's what I'm doing. All right. 
there is a technicality in our contest because Ty does have them already as but his at future what? at plus 1,200. That's yeah. I didn't think that you had them already, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to the. I thought you were building to the conference winner, and I was like, the yeah. conference is only plus three hundred. Man, that was terrible. Ugh. I had a great. Man, my rationale was really you just, great. You just laid it all. I mean, that's you literally explained the path, and it it is a bet that I think was okay. Really fine, smart I'll right take now. them for the co- the technicality. <laughs> I'll take them for to win the Eastern Conference, Ugh. but it's only plus three hundred, so that doesn't help me out at all. You never know. Uh, I'm placing the bet. One dollar. FanDuel. Plus 300, you said? So now I just helped out Ty a lot. He's like, yeah, I feel good about that plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good bet. Just just at least affirm me on my rationale. No, I think that you just made a great case. Thanks, I appreciate that. Ty, you ready? I'm just reviewing some stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can go. Do you, you want to say what my previous bets were yeah yeah i'll run through them again it's new orleans to win the division probably mm-hmm. not gonna happen sixers to win the t- finals it's plus 1200 phoenix to win the west at plus 1200 gonna happen bucks to win the east at plus 350 one of the two <laughs> Philly or bucks is gonna oh, yeah, that's gonna happen so i'm gonna go lakers to win the title uh plus 400 it's probably the lowest odds it's been in a minute since they've kind of fallen off a little bit and i still think if you were to put a gun to my head and who would win? I'd probably pick the Lakers. So I'd like them at plus 400 to win the title. They're the up. second best odds right now. Brooklyn's number one at plus 217 or plus 200-ish. Um, Will, you have that bet at plus 300. Mm-hmm. So, Brantley, if you th- if mine's a lame, then Will's is also lame. But that was a while ago. Yeah. But the odds are, are even better for me. Uh, I just I don't know. I just wanted something more more creative from Utah Smith Senior. I'm just trying to I'm more trying to win me. here. I'm trying to win that two dollars. Um, yeah, this is interesting uh, because I feel really good about my my picks. Um, about to hedge hard. I can feel it. No, I'm not gonna hedge. That, that would be lame. On you. That'd be lame. I want. I don't really have much of a long shot. In my as far as odds go, um, and I kind of want one just in case. I don't know if y'all Philly to win the title. I don't know if y'all. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have been watching. That wasn't funny. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have been watching um, the Timberwolves. Have y'all been watching a lot of Timberwolves? Why would I be watching? I watched them play us and. Anthony Edwards just. You've been watching a lot of Timberwolves. No, 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 no that was a okay. joke. Um, however. LaMelo Ball was out a lot of games. Uh, not a good bet. And Anthony Edwards. No, no, not a good bet. People love do points. That's all I'm saying. Voters love points. And Anthony Edwards has put up points and is like finishing out the season what really What odds well. on him for rookie of the year? I know where this is going. I'm betting him for rookie of the year at plus 600. That's a great bet. I'm really angry about that. He. That's a great bet. No way he's going to win. LaMelo Ball's at minus 1,000 right now. Yeah. And I don't think it's that far of a gap. What's he done since he's come back? Exactly. I'm going Anthony Edwards plus 600 for rookie of the year. LaMelo did put up like 27 and 7 or something his first game back from his wrist injury. Well, you know what, Ty? And their team's going to make the playoffs. This is my longest shot on the board, which means... Hey, I like it's, that. It's a long shot. Um, but 
I think that in the next like two or three games, if Anthony Edwards like somehow goes for like a fifty burger, then all of a sudden the people are gonna start talking. And that's my bet. All right, hammer nail coffin. Let's finish this puppy out. What are we looking for in the next three games? What are you looking for specifically? Just win all of them. Just win, baby, win. Win all of them. I, I I don't know how any of us could have any more takes than just win. Sacramento, as Ty had mentioned off the pod earlier, they're missing their best player. You got to win both of those games. You have to. You got to win both of them. It's Demand, a back-to-back. Like, win them going away. Like, it shouldn't even be a contest. Do you think we play Jaron on one of those back-to-backs? Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Maybe not both of them. I would think them. you play him on the front end on the Thursday game. Or no? Is it is it is it Wednesday and Thursday? Thursday, I Friday. Off. I meant like, do you pay him play him the full back to back? I'm sorry. Oh, both games. No, play him Thursday, Friday. So. They're not going to because I think it's ultimately Thursday, like Friday, we talked about. I think it's just going to come down to whoever wins Sunday is going to get the eight, Guys, regardless of what happens. What if we have the last game on Sunday night? It's in it's in uh, the Bay yep. area. So if we have the last game Sunday night on national TV for the eight seed. What more could you ask for with everything on the line? Oh, here's my hammer nail coffin. Okay. This is going to be a sales pitch for all you listeners that have stuck around to the very end. We're not even at a full hour yet. So we're going to have a Grizzden fan duel for the playoffs. Heck yes. Daily fantasy. Uh, maybe free. Maybe for like low amounts of money. It's going to be really fun. Doing fan duel daily fantasy lineups in the playoffs is the best. So be on the lookout. We'll post it on the socials. This is my hammer nail coffin. You better you better join it. And to add on to that, we just dropped one of my favorite t-shirts we've ever had. Oh, yeah, for real. Big 12 Airlines. We have a picture of John Morant's dunk. Um, maybe, the, maybe that can be the giveaway. That's what I was going to say. Love it. The We're on the same wavelength. The of the FanDuel contest is going to get a Big 12 Airlines shirt, whichever color and size you would like. Uh, courtesy of the Grizzden podcast. So join. You can get it in a V-neck I, if you want. <laughs> I really want this shirt, and so I'm going to be trying to win so that I can get You haven't me bought one yet? The shirt. Oh, I want another. Okay. Shirt, you want a V-neck. You've got a, you've got a regular crew. I you want, want a, a deep V. <laughs> I don't know if there's a deep V in Tribaland. That's off brand. I might have to take some scissors. Okay. Uh <laughs> All right, guys, this has been another edition of the Grizzden Pod. We just need these Grizzlies to win. We're going to, if once the plan comes around, um, we're going live probably at some point on those, whether it's halftime or after. Um, but we're going to be podcasting after every single game in the postseason. Um, we're going to make it happen for y'all because this is the best time of year. And... Um, Thanks for joining the live. Thanks for joining the podcast, and we will talk to you very soon.